Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So over the past two weeks, uh, Pastor Mark has been walking us through the book of Philippians. And honestly, I think that we have saved the best for last. No, of course, I'm not talking about who's preaching, but rather the way that Paul writes the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Uh, as we walk into this last chapter of Philippians, oh, I'm reminded of what Pastor Mark has been telling us for the past two weeks. Uh, he lets us know that Paul writing the book of Philippians, the congregation in Philippians, those people, they were Paul's pride and joy. Uh, so much so, in fact, that he uses the word and phrase joy and rejoice at least 15 times in just four chapters. And in fact, as I begin this morning, uh, I want to go back to one of the first times that he uses it. Back in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, this is how Paul kind of starts off his letter. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul says that he thanks God every time he remembers this congregation in Philippi. And when he prays, he's constantly praying with joy. Now, of course, on the one hand, this makes sense. And this is what we would expect from the Apostle Paul to be praying with joy. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's important to point out where Paul is writing from. See, as Paul writes this letter to the people in Philippi, he's sitting in a jail cell. And I've never been to jail before, but I don't imagine, and I've never heard stories about it being a joyful experience or something to rejoice about. And yet throughout his letter to the people in Philippi and any of the letters that Paul writes in jail, and honestly, all of the letters that he writes, the ones that we find in Scripture, there is this strong theme of Paul talking about rejoicing at all times, in all places, and in all things. And that's because when Paul uses the word rejoice, he doesn't use it in the way that we normally think about it. Uh, and what I mean is that often in our lives, when we use the word joy or rejoice, we often equate that to uh, happiness or being happy. And trust me, I know that being happy is a good thing. I think it's fair to say that we all feel good when we are happy. But oftentimes, uh, happiness can either seem elusive or something that doesn't last too long. Uh, for example, many of you know that when I eat chocolate chip cookies, I am pretty happy. Those are things that make me happy. Um, but at the same time, once the cookies are gone, I'm not really as happy anymore. Uh, now, on the one hand, I could try to eat more cookies and uh, potentially that would make me more happy, but honestly that would probably not be good for my body and I might not be able to recreate that happiness. I might even actually feel worse. And so uh, it's this reality that uh, this idea of, of happiness can often seem far off um, and really the moments that we want to recreate, the moments of happiness in our lives that we want to redo or we want to play over and over again. If we tried that, I think you may experience the reality that it's really hard to do that and you might not even be as happy the second time around. To a certain extent, these moments that we want to recreate are almost impossible to do so and we can't recreate the feeling, we can't recreate the happiness and honestly, even if we could, it still wouldn't last as long as we would like. And honestly, 
I think if there's one thing that I've come to realize over the past couple of months, uh, it's been how hard it was for me personally to find a sense of happiness or to experience joy as Paul talks about it. Uh, The pandemic has changed lots of things for all of us. And honestly, for me, a lot of the changes were hard to cope with. Uh, I found myself struggling to even understand perhaps what it meant to be happy. And even in the brief moments of happiness, they just felt like they were random and sporadic at best. Um, It kind of felt like I was just going through the motions as if happiness was nothing more than a far off thought and rejoicing always was certainly not on the forefront of my mind. I was just kind of experiencing life as it happened without any sort of uh, emotion or anything else that I was feeling. And maybe you've felt this way before. Uh, Maybe you remember a time when you felt like this. Maybe you are feeling this way right now in this moment, as if the happiness that people talk about is nothing more than a far-off thought. And we all know that life is not one big happy celebration. Uh, We have indeed experienced in our own lives uh, a sense of sadness. Uh, We've experienced sorrow and hurt. Uh, We walk through dark valleys and it seems sometimes as if happiness is only an experience that is so far off we might not get to experience it ever again. Uh, This in fact has been true about humans throughout history. Uh, Even going back to the people of Israel as they wandered through the desert and for many of us right now as we wander through these days ahead, uh, the days ahead of the pandemic or the racial injustice or the election season or anything else going on in the world and the things going on in our own personal lives. This idea of sadness and sorrow, it, it immediately is contrasted against our happiness because one feels like we can't have one and therefore we can't have the other. Anyone who has ever been sad for any reason truly understands this. And I know that All of you have been sad about something before. I'm sure that many of you are sad about just the broken and sinful nature of our world, the unjust world that we live in. I know that many of you are saddened over broken friendships or broken relationships or uh, even a broken marriage. I know that we are all sad at the loss of loved ones. And I know that uh, in these moments... The sadness and the sorrow seem to be all that we can feel. And happiness is nothing more than a fleeting, faint emotion. One that we're certainly not sure if we're ever going to feel again. And that's why it's so important to hear Paul's words today. When he says, rejoice in the Lord always, he is not saying, be happy always. Because even Paul knows that happiness is not eternal. But that's why our faith and our rejoicing are not built on the fleeting feeling of happiness. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our faith is built on Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, there is everlasting joy. See, that's why in chapter 4, before Paul ever mentions rejoicing in the Lord always, he starts off saying this, just a couple verses ahead. Beginning chapter 4, verse 1. This is what Paul says. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, 
Stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Paul reminds them that first and foremost, before they even think about rejoicing always, they are to stand firm in the Lord. This is not about some sort of emotion or or happiness or sadness or any other feeling. Paul talks to them about this reality of standing firm in their faith. And their faith is in Jesus. And Jesus is not going anywhere. He is firmly planted in their hearts and in their minds. And so Paul urges them first and foremost to stand firm in their faith. And from that faith they will begin to rejoice always because they will experience the reality of a firm life in Jesus and therefore the joy that comes from Jesus. It was just a few weeks ago uh, that I was reminded of the joy that we have in Jesus. See, every Wednesday night throughout the pandemic and even right now, uh, I've been meeting with our high school youth for uh, City Light, which is our Wednesday night youth group, and we've been doing that online. Uh, And over the past months, we've talked about uh, everything going on in the world. We've talked about what's going on in their lives as students, their experience of the pandemic. And um, one of the things we also do is play games and we have fun. Uh, But before we end every session, uh, we always take prayer requests. And just a few weeks ago, one of the youth uh, asked me if I could pray that we choose joy. I found myself conflicted as I began to pray because I realized that that wasn't something that I had been doing in my own life for the past few weeks. Uh, And at the same time, it sounded like such a simple prayer request. Uh, Just two words. Choose joy. Uh, It was at that moment that I realized what it meant to rejoice always and the reality of the joy that comes from Jesus. And I needed that reminder more than ever. Because choosing joy is not just about being happy all the time. Choosing joy is not acting as if there are not moments in our life that we are sad. Choosing joy is not downplaying the deep, sad, dark hurts that we feel in our lives. In fact, uh, biblical joy is described in a completely different way. Uh, Here's a helpful way that I've heard it, and I want to share it with you this morning. Joy is an attitude that God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. Like the people of Philippi, our hope and God's promises and love are established in Jesus. And in Jesus, there is everlasting joy. That's why all throughout Scripture, the prophets, the apostles, even Jesus himself testifies to this reality of joy. Not happiness, but joy. Joy that comes from Jesus. Even looking back to the announcement of Jesus' birth. If we go back to Luke 2, when the angel announces Jesus' birth, he says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy, a joy that goes far beyond any sort of feeling or emotion, a joy that is neither fleeting nor fainting, a joy that is established in our hearts firmly because that's where Jesus is, a joy that reminds us that Jesus gets the last word 
and the things that try to take away our happiness are unable to do that. That uh, the things that tend to uh, strip us of our happiness, uh, no amount of anxiety, no amount of depression, no amount of sadness or sorrow, not even death itself can take away our joy. Because Jesus has defeated all of those things. And in Jesus, there is everlasting joy. In fact, in Jesus' death and his resurrection, we are reminded that even in the face of death, we rejoice. And we're going to do this in just a few weeks on All Saints Day. Because even though we feel the sadness and the sorrow of the loved ones who have gone on before us, we are able to rejoice because we know they are with Jesus. And in Jesus, there is everlasting joy. And so when Paul says to the people in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always, he's reminding them and he is reminding us that joy is not just being happy. It's having hope in the midst of hardship. And our hope and their hope, the people of Philippi, and all the hope of Christians everywhere is firmly secure in Jesus. But you may also realize that in the Bible, when we talk about rejoicing, we talk about being active. Uh, As Paul mentions in verse 1 of chapter 4, he wants them to stand firm in their faith. This idea of standing is an action. And rejoicing is an action. When I think about rejoicing, I think about praising God, lifting up prayer and song to him. And so what might that action, the action of rejoicing, look like in our lives? Well, I think uh, this is where we look back to what Pastor Mark has been saying for the past two weeks. First, we rejoice always by placing the needs of others before the needs of ourselves in humility. We walk with each other in each other's burdens, in each other's hurts, in each other's cries for justice, vulnerabilities, in each other's sorrows, in each other's life, and even in each other's dying. And we remind one another that in Jesus there is joy. And therefore, that joy is rooted in each of one of us. The second thing we do As we rejoice, we rejoice always by counting all our suffering as loss because of our relationship with Jesus. We experience the power of the resurrection, the freedom of forgiveness, and the joy of salvation that comes through Jesus, through his death and his resurrection on the cross. And therefore, that joy is ours right here and right now. So nothing about the past can take away the joy that we continue to live with. It's a joy that goes on into eternity. And the third and final thing, uh, my takeaway, and actually it's not my words, but really what Paul talks about to the people in Philippi and what I want you to be reminded of today. We rejoice always by, with everything, not being anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. We let our requests be made known to God. We choose joy by praying to God, by building our relationship with him. And in that, we are reminded of the everlasting joy that comes from Jesus. 
So my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, my hope for you today and always is to know that your faith in Christ is secure. Therefore, you can stand firm in your faith and rejoice always. Because in Jesus, there is everlasting joy. So rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.